What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Sam Ekstrom with you at Sam Ekstrom. On Twitter, welcome to the show. Glad you're with us today. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating, please, and leave a review. It's a truncated edition today. I'll be journeying up to Duluth. We're going to keep this one short today with a couple player evaluations and a few Vikings clips from this morning. We'll start with the player evals. Right tackle, free agent to be, Andre Smith. Just turned 30 on January 25th. Vikings signed him for a $500,000 guaranteed deal in the offseason, which made a lot of people think, well, he may not last long. But then Phil Lodeholt retires and everything changes with Andre Smith. He ends up making over $2.5 million to play just four games. Hurt in the Giants game, did not return at all this season. And Smith, despite being a former Bengal, former first-round pick, and previously a very good player in this league, I would speculate is unlikely to return to Minnesota. They wanted to go with a stopgap at right tackle. Smith was a low-cost, somewhat high-risk proposition based on his weight, based on recent injury history, based on his age, and it backfired on Minnesota. And Smith, along with Khalil, along with Lodholt, one of the three tackles that hardly played this year for the Minnesota Vikings. In fact, he played more than Khalil. But it was not to be with Smith, one of the few free agent acquisitions that haven't really panned out for the Minnesota Vikings. Andre Smith, if he were to re-sign, and I assume he'll re-sign somewhere, probably make around $2 million on the open market. So if you want competition... You can certainly bring the guy back on yet another low-risk deal, but I don't think he's necessarily part of the long-term plans with the Minnesota Vikings. Alternatives at right tackle. You've got Jeremiah Searles, who played it a decent amount. Obviously, TJ Clemmings is capable, but probably not the option you want to go with. Willie Beavers practiced some inside, some outside. He would need to take a significant step. We got to see one game's worth of Rashad Hill. The practice squad acquisition from Jacksonville. He's probably more of a left tackle, but I think any option is on the table for the Vikings this offseason. Unless they are able to sign Riley Reef and keep him at right tackle, I would assume a three- or four-man competition for that job, to be honest. Defensive eval of the day. Captain Munerlin just concluded a three-year deal in Minnesota where he made over $10 million, a very good initial signing in the Mike Zimmer era. 
He and Zimmer have now coexisted for all three years. And after a rough first year where the Vikings tried to move him outside, Munderland moved inside and suddenly looked like a new man. He kind of came to in his first offseason in Minnesota and said, wow, I got fat and happy with that new contract. I've got to play a lot better if I want to stick around. And he did. Munderland, the last two years inside, one of the better slot corners in the NFL, a two-time winner of the Media Good Guy Award for his work with us ink-stained wretches. Munderland, with about a month left in the season, cracked his way into the Pro Football Focus Top 25 list, considered the 23rd best cornerback in the league. And in a league which is based around passing, which is based around three wide receiver sets, and based around nickel defenses, he was the third cog in the wheel next to Xavier Rhodes and Terrence Newman as a three-headed monster at cornerback. And while late in the season, there were games when it certainly failed the Vikings. You think of Indianapolis, you think of Green Bay. The Vikings cornerback group altogether has been very, very good as constructed for the last two years, and you would hate to mess it up. Munderlin played in all but one game the last three seasons. The one he missed was at Washington last year. He said it was really, really tough to watch that from home. Munderlin didn't make as many splash plays this last season, didn't have a sack, didn't uh, have an interception, did have one forced fumble, did not have a fumble recovery, but he also was not playing quite as much as teams tried to get Chad Greenway playing in the base defense a little bit more and keep Munderlin off the field. So what will it take to keep Munderlin? I would imagine the Vikings would like to retain him, though because of his three successful years, Munderlin may be looking for a raise. Made about $11 million in three years, he'll probably ask for more, you would think. He's 28 years old, still in his physical prime. Feels like a player that will age well in the National Football League. Sort of Antoine Winfield-esque. Sort of Terrence Newman-esque. And I guess it's an easy categorization. But guys who have small frames often have the ability to shape and stape longer. They're not as lumbering. They can keep their speed longer into, into their career. Munderland should be good for at least another three-year deal if the Vikings want to give it to him. But, of course, they have to consider the money that they'll also have to give some of their younger guys with Barr, perhaps, Kendricks coming up, Waynes maybe after next year. You know, there's a lot of money that they may or may not have to commit, and they have to keep their options flexible. Captain Munnerlin, our defensive evaluation of the day. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Let's take a scan through some of the notable news items today, Minnesota Vikings related. Chris Thomas and Pioneer Press writing about how Daniil Hunter is working out at O Athletic, the Houston-based Adrian Peterson-owned gym. Daniil Hunter says he wants to make the Pro Bowl next year after watching six of his teammates play in the game this season. Linval Joseph invited Hunter to the game 
feeling like the second-year defensive end got gypped a bit by not being selected after he had a very deserving season year two in Minnesota. Feels like Hunter will once again be somewhat of a rotational player with the Vikings just based on the caliber at which Brian Robinson is playing. But if Hunter can up his game at all this year, you got to imagine his reputation is going to precede him into the season. And if he can match or exceed what he did last year, we're talking about a top five defensive end in the league. Moving on, Cordero Patterson in a story by Andrew Kramer, Star Tribune, talks about how he wants to keep the kick return as is. Stop messing around with it. And he makes a really good point. Some guys, Patterson somewhat included, live and die on special teams. Patterson, a two-time All-Pro returner, and has made the Pro Bowl as a returner, very vocal about trying to keep special teams involved in the game. Obviously, the NFL is mitigating the effect of the kickoff by moving the touchback to the 25-yard line. And there's evidence in this piece, which is really well laid out, explaining how the kickoff return advantage... For teams who excel in that art, the advantage has been reduced since the NFL, number one, moved the kickoff to the 35-yard line, and number two, moved the touchback to the 25. Patterson, also a free agent to be, wants to see that at least stay the same, not eliminate the kickoff any further from the game. Ben Gessling, ESPN, speculating how the Vikings could restructure Adrian Peterson. Nothing groundbreaking in the story, but it does provide a look from a NFL business analyst of what the Vikings would probably be having to offer Peterson. And I think it's around what we expected, 5 to $7 million if he wants to match the market value. Andrew Brandt, the business expert, explains in the story that this is not necessarily a restructure for Peterson. This is a reduction. Restructures are when you keep the same amount of money and spread it out over a different prorated amount of time. This is a reduction. Peterson's probably not going to make the same amount of money. Five to seven million dollars in base salary, and Brandt predicts that perhaps the Vikings could add some playing time-based incentives. After missing most of 2016, you got to think the Vikings will take some hedges as to Peterson staying on the field if, and it's a big if, He returns in 2016. And the final story that caught my eye, the Vikings are trying to add a permanent perimeter fence around U.S. Bank Stadium. The Vikings are really the ones pushing for this additional security step. But the government board, the MSFA, Minnesota Sports Facilities Authority, led by the notorious Michelle Kelm-Helgen, does not want the fence They want the community. They want the neighborhood feel of the stadium. They don't want walls put up or or barriers. And I think it's sort of a fallacy to think that if this is reactionary toward the protesters and the divest flag, which was hung from from the roof of U.S. Bank Stadium, that had nothing to do with perimeter security. That had to do with door security. That had to do with security guards not detecting that three people were touting in large banners and carabining equipment. So it seems like a lot of superfluous stadium discussion going on right now. You've got the the whole sweet bribery issue or or perks issue with government figures. 
you've got this fence, this fence question. And I think that's going to be an important talker as we approach Super Bowl 52, how the Vikings want to secure this stadium. That's all I've got for today on this abbreviated Lockdown Vikings. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, follow me on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom. Make sure to go check out Lockdown Timberwolves with Zach Bennett after they've picked up a big win against the Toronto Raptors last evening. Sage Rosenfels back on the program on Friday. Thanks for listening. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.